somebody walked upstairs and she was just kind of singing to herself. No, no, you came rushing down the stairs. Was it me? You left her upstairs and you said, Mom, Anna can sing. Welcome to episode 26 of Measured Voices. I'm your host, Walt Huntsman. In this episode, a special conversation from the road. I recently went to Nashville to talk with members of the one-time Idaho band Credenda. As the band prepares to release its first EP, we'll talk about the project, the band's process when it comes to songwriting, and about the band's name itself. We'll also hear three songs from the upcoming EP. That's all next on Measured Voices. I'm gonna, I'm gonna maybe start with what hopefully is the easiest question, maybe. Uh, right. The, the how and why of the band name Credenda. Right. Who okay. wants to take that one? Who wants to take that one? Um, I wasn't content with the first name. It sounded too samey, generic. Uh, and then mom went to a synonyms book or whatever and, and looked up a whole bunch of meaningful, you know, what we thought we were all about. And Credenda was one of them, and I asked her what that was and what it meant, and it sounded interesting, and I picked that one, and it meant... Um, Credenda, we found, meant things to be believed, and so um, I thought, well, that's a good meaning. Uh, It's actually the plural of creed, the word creed. It's Latin, so we tell everybody, once you can say Credenda, you now can speak Latin. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, they feel pretty good about that. Dare I ask so. what the first generic name was? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's yeah. just it. Oh, not, not the not not that one. Not the one. Dad. Our very first band the name. Very, it was, um, I don't. Well, it's I the one after Dad's. It. I think Anna's trying to avoid saying what Dad had come no, up with. No, not not Dad's. It was something after. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, the one before Credenda was. Uh, wait for this. I'm going to let the penny drop. Red River Redemption. <laughs> So if you if you listen to you know old kind of gospel groups or you know rock and roll groups, it's got that kind of Creedence Clearwater Revival sound to it. Yeah, seventies, seventies. And, and, and it did not reflect our sound at all. I, I hate to say that I was going further back. I'm thinking Sons of the Pioneers from the forties Westerns. Oh wow, maybe yeah. I don't know where. He came, so Joe came up with that one. Yeah, we just decided it didn't reflect our, our sound very well, and so we went back to the drawing board, and um, Anna uh, was one of the main people involved with selecting the new band name, so I was not involved, so... But I do, I do recall somebody saying it was two seventies. I will not <laughs> accredit that to anybody. But. Well, it, it's a unique name, which should, should yeah. help mm-hmm. it stand out too. Yeah. Now, yeah. on your Facebook page, you guys have a little fun with the fact of being a, a family band. Mm-hmm. I saw the term "relative harmony," mm-hmm. right? Uh, and you describe your music as genre-defining. Uh, I'm going to ask the question: How so? That'll be a, a nice, tough one. You want to take <laughs> you that? You want one? me to say that? Well, um, okay. We'll take relative harmony first. Uh, Remember Eric Valentine of Project uh, True Story Project? Yeah, yes. right. And we were talking with him one time, and uh, he came up with Harmony's Relative. And uh, so we just um, played with that a little bit and mm-hmm. thought we'll reduce it to uh, two words. You know, when you're writing promo, the, the least words you can get on with the least space. And so uh, Relative being we're all related, we're all right. family. 
and the harmonies are the signature sound probably of credenda so um and the the, the genre the yeah. genre defying part of it uh is kind of interesting we we feel we personally feel we take uh different stylistic elements from all sorts of genres mm -hmm. and uh put it through our own unique sound or filter and so it always sounds like credenda we have this phrase we'll credenderize it <laughs> and it always i mean it doesn't matter who's written mm -hmm. the song it will come through our uh, go through our filter and will sound like just credenda. Credenda. So, so that's why we say genre-defying, because when people say, oh, what genre are you? We'll be like, we're sort of a little bit of this and that, and yeah, but... But just to clarify that, too, as um, you know, as a songwriter, you don't think genre, you just write. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just what and comes so, out And so um, that's what we all did in the beginning, and... It is other people that want to put you in a box. Right. They, especially when you get on Reverb Nation or whatever, and they say, "Who do you sound the most like?" You know. So we started asking people, and that's how that came about. Um, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and it doesn't fit into any one genre. And somebody actually said that to us. Well, it doesn't fit into any genre. I remember that question on yeah. Reverb Nation, and I think mm -hmm. my first impulse was to answer, I sound like me. <laughs> that is a great response. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think I did that it, is... but... Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you should have just put me, you know? <laughs> I, I should have. Well, and this, this next question is kind of related to that, but okay, say, you know, I'm a newcomer to your music. Mm -hmm. How do you describe your music to people who are coming to you for the first time? Well, um... That, that is a question we've, we've been asked, you know, like, to, and we've, we've thought about uh, how we would describe ourselves to other people to give them a reference point. And I guess if you were to use a uh, one genre as kind of a banner way to describe our sound, it'd be Americana. Mm -hmm. Americana, and uh, there are offshoots of that, like folk and pop, and, and we, we touch on rock occasionally, but not very often. Uh, so, but Americana is the overall, um, there, there are Celtic elements in there as well, so. Americana yeah. is my favorite genre because mm -hmm. it, it right. fits so many it, different. It, it's a banner <laughs> genre to cover a whole mm -hmm. bunch of subgenres. Like, well, yeah, I've pinned you down, but I really haven't pinned you down. It's like trying to uh, yeah. box water. Yeah, almost. yeah. Mm. But also, uh, just descriptive words, people have said things like, um, these are things people tell us. Uh, they mm -hmm. say, your music is very calming. Um, yeah. I was having a bad night and then you guys came on and it, you know, made me feel calm. Uh, stuff like that. Harmonious. Harmonious, uh, yeah. We appeal to uh, all uh, different kinds of people who are into harmony, um, whether religious or non-religious, you know, uh, so. I get, I get the people, I think, that, that are about to call the suicide hotline now. <laughs> Let's, we, yeah, I mean, we've been told we have a very uh, peaceful effect on the listener, and so a lot of that is, is because of, you know, the, the musical composition, mine mm -hmm. and Anna's voices, the way they blend together, it's just, yeah. Well, I want to get a sense sort of of the kind of history. I mean, obviously, family band, but when was it that sort of either the first light went off or the first bell went off that you thought, hey, we've got something that could be pretty pretty special? Yeah, uh, probably uh, 
probably you, you've got to start as this they one. were growing up and they were in school. Um, and it turned out that uh, they all loved music and uh, they started to play instruments and we found out they could sing. And uh, do you know what? When you, when you analyze it though, it's hard to mm-hmm. pinpoint. Uh, probably uh, it might have emanated from me. I've been a hobbyist songwriter most of my life and had a music background in my family growing up. Um, so music was always a big thing, but uh, it's hard to really pin it. Well, I mean, it, it, it did come it's, time, bas- though, it's yeah. basically it happened in stages. So, <laughs> mom was the trailblazing songwriter, and she's always songwritten her entire life. And and she started off just kind of writing songs, and then she'd bring maybe uh, you know our older sister Cat into it, and mm-hmm. and then it kind of happened from there. I got brought in. I um, they found out I could sing. When she said she found out we could sing, I was yeah. the first one. I love to sing personally, but I was mm-hmm. way too shy to do it he in front of so, people. He was yeah. so, Daniel was so private about you know, his voice yeah. and everything. And uh, like he had a corner in his room where he would sing to himself or something. And then um, one instance, uh, they might tell it, but it, he just started singing. And it was just, we were all kind of blown away by it because we'd never heard him sing. <laughs> he could, so. I mean, we were, uh, you know, we were churchgoers and he didn't even sing. Like, a lot, a lot of teenagers just stood there, you know, didn't sing anything. And then he wanted to uh, get into the worship team. And the pastor took him into a side room and said, uh, he played his guitar and said, sure, you can come in, you can play the guitar. Um, uh, do you sing, by the way? And he, Well, he specifically, yeah. he said, can you sing louder? And at the time, I was, I was again, I had never really You're sang 19, much yeah. in front of anyone, right. and I was terrified, so my volume was really low, but um, it's true, it just kind of happened, I just kind of, and mom roped me in, right. and I started playing guitar for the band, and I was, and then Anna, she, like, I'll tell this story, we, we, we knew that she was musical, and we knew she was creative, but we had no idea that she uh, sang, if you know what I mean. And uh, one day, yeah, I somebody, I forget who it was, but somebody walked upstairs and she was just kind of singing to herself. And no, no, you came rushing down the stairs. Was it me? You left her up? upstairs yeah. and you said, Mom, Anna can sing. And we all rushed up and she was doing something in the family room and were like little kids listening in, yeah. you know, and found oh, out. Uh, I didn't think I could. Uh, well, I, I know I was a shower singer for years. No. So. There we go. Good, exactly. That's so yeah, it was it was staggered. We all came mm-hmm. in in stages, but eventually it became what is now known as credenda. And so. it started off probably uh, doing it in church first, mm-hmm. and because of that, we'd go along. Anna got a job running an open mic in a Groove Coffee mm-hmm. in Meridian um, when that was open um, next to. Uh, Next Fred to Kroger. Fred was oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's Fred Meyer to Idahoans. Yeah. And, uh, and <laughs> That's because they used to be separate companies. That's true. So yeah. we'd start doing things like family things for a church night type thing, and everybody would come along, and I distinctly remember hearing one person say, oh, this is better than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> they, again, this um, non-threatening little family, and particularly if mom is going to be in the mix, I think it, that kind of waters it down somewhat, and it's just going to be karaoke-type stuff. 
That's the kind of compliment you're not sure how to take. Yeah, it's better, yeah. <laughs> better than expected. <laughs> and so that's where we started um, in answer to one of your questions. Um, and then, uh, so we were doing um, sort of gospel type stuff, maybe probably, mm -hmm. and um, fit more into that genre. And then um, we went down into Boise and uh, and and started getting gigs. Uh, I think that that also kind of helps cover some of the musical background questions I was going to ask. So yeah. at this point, I think we should we should fit in a song, and okay. I'll let okay. one of you tell us which one which song we're going to hear first. All right. Well, I think we're going to do. Uh, one yeah, Restless. It's a song called Restless that's uh, going to be the opening track on our upcoming EP. So, yeah, the, uh, the this was our first Nashville song. We wrote that when we did a scouting trip of Nashville yeah. and we were um, one night just all, oh, go ahead. I actually wrote the music to this, or I, I, more specifically, I had a riff that I was playing around with and I really liked the sound of it, but I had no lyrics to go with it. And so um, I, I'm like all excited. I go to mom saying, I need words. Uh -huh. <laughs> I have come up with something. And, and she did her best and I brought Anna into it too. She had a phrase or two to throw into the, the pot and, and it all kind of just came out. I mean, it's evolved over time, but... Mm -hmm. Okay, Restless yeah. from the Credenda EP.
Uh, you, you used this phrase earlier um, uh, to describe what you're not uh, mm -hmm. before we started recording, but I actually mm -hmm. had it in the question <laughs> <laughs> at the risk of being offensive. Fire away. It, in a way, just because you are a family band, mm -hmm. Credenda is sort of a real life version of what was popular in the 70s with the Partridge family, yeah, except right. you don't have a school uh -huh. bus. And yeah, whatnot. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but where I want to go with that is, is, is have you talk about the challenges, whatever they are, if they are, uh, of being both a band and, and a family, and, and what, if anything, you do to try to keep those two functions of your existence separate from one another? It has to, it definitely um, evolves and you have to work on it. But when you are the family doing music, again, you don't think outside that. It just, it just becomes normal. This is what you do, you know? And um, there'd be music in every room in our house. Somebody would be doing something, you know? It was always kind of noisy. But um, uh, when I, I started by taking um, the kids, as I called them at the time, they're all grown adults now, but we'd go out into Boise and it would be me and Catherine out front at first. I was uh, playing the keyboard and singing um, songs that I basically had written and Catherine would be doing some harmony. And Daniel, as a teenager, he'd be about 18 or 19, would be in the background doing a lot of electric guitar, actually, it was kind of really cool. And Anna wasn't in it at first. And, uh, but at some point, uh, we brought her in at the Groove Coffee gigs and, um, and we decided to go pro. We just said, uh, Daniel had um, uh, preferred not to go to college at that time and he said he'd, he'd like to do this full time. And so uh, Joe and I talked together and we thought, well, you only have one life to live. And, and we weren't looking at it through rose-colored glasses we uh, believed that they had the talent to at least make a go of it and so um, it was helpful with me in the mix at first when they were a bit younger to avoid exploitation and various things but um, yeah we uh, yeah I mean um, you're asking how that how we kind of balance the two two, uh -huh. two things being family and a band well, there are, there are pros to that, especially on stage. If one, one or more of you is having an off day, uh, being family, you kind of, you, you just know each other very well and you know how to kind of just cover each other, you know? And so like maybe... If you sing the wrong line. Yeah, you know, you know each other... Miss a verse. More than, more than most yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, and so you can kind of you can kind of cover each other. It's kind of like with you and Teresa, you know, you know each other so well that you know how to kind of, you know. I know how it is yeah. to miss a line even when I have the words in front of me. <laughs> or you just I keep the know. intro going about <laughs> yeah. uh, 20 measures, you she's, know, until. She's done that too, when I forget to come in. Right, so. Now, it, it's, it, coming out of that, you know, when this, when this airs, uh, it'll have been about 14 months, I think, mm -hmm. or thereabouts, that you right. made the decision mm -hmm. to come from Idaho yeah. to Nashville. Mm -hmm. And I, I get I get the impression that on, on many levels it wasn't necessarily a difficult decision, but I mm -hmm. imagine there was some, you know, you had to think about it some. Mm -hmm. So talk about that process and how, as a family, 
you, you made that decision, right? Do you have anything to say about that? Well, the first person to say uh, you guys need to go to Nashville was Steve Eaton. Yeah. And um, mm. I balked at that at first. I thought, you know, um, it just seemed too overwhelming for our circumstances. We have um, two boys with special needs in the family, just in general, and funding and all that sort of stuff. And it's a it's yeah. a massive move to to undertake. So uh -huh. um, we we went our went on our first visit to Nashville and spent a, uh, I'd say a month there, mm -hmm. pretty much a month. Mm -hmm. And um, but but all of a sudden we uh, we it just suddenly came one day. Yeah, we got to go down there. We've got to find yeah. out about it. Yeah, and leading that, up to the first yeah. visit, we have been discussing it amongst ourselves for three years. Three, three years. Yeah, you know, probably. we we knew we had we we wanted to make or two and uh, and a half a foray least. out of out of our local scene and see where we could visit or check mm -hmm. out. And and Nashville kept on coming up because people like Steve and uh, Terry Miller and people in the ISA said that Nashville seems like a perfect place for you guys to check out. Yeah, and they're very, uh, they warm up to families uh, in groups down here. Yeah. Um, the uh, gospel genre is very, mm -hmm. very popular down mm -hmm. here. There's all kinds of people mm -hmm. do that. Um, and also bluegrass, um, that there is not particularly a family that I know of, maybe there is um, in Americana, if you can think it, right. you know, it's mostly in country or bluegrass mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. and in gospel. Yeah. Uh, but the family goes down well here. But it did go down in Boise well in certain mm -hmm. places too. So we weren't particularly disturbed about that. But Eaton, yeah, was the one. Yeah. Well, I've got to imagine, and, and may, again, maybe it is just completely imagination mm -hmm. on my part. But I, I've got to imagine that at least at some level, for for the two Anna and Daniel and, mm -hmm. and for your brothers being, you know late teens, mm -hmm. early 20s, yeah. that that's, that's in some ways a rough time to make that kind of transition because you're, you're, <laughs> you're developing relationships and mm -hmm. friendships and all that kind of stuff. And, and yeah, well, that's, that's uh, not just pure imagination for us. I mean, it was, it was a big decision. Mm -hmm. But I, I kind of, I knew that I wanted to be here. When we first visited and we spent time in the local music scene, I, I thought to myself, you know, this seems like a perfect place to try and uh, make a go of it in. And there were there are a lot of reasons that went into that, you know, a uh, few too many to go into it at length. But uh, one of them was original songwriting. Songwriting is definitely promoted. Right. And uh, we remember Steve Eaton was very into original songwriting and he, he did a lot of work to promote original mm -hmm. songwriting within the ISA. And, and so we loved that it's 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 the culture down here where that's kind of that is the main thing so um and, and again mom mentioned a family goes down well um but that scouting trip i to answer was question i think um were uh you that was the more difficult move to do the scouting trip that was the it? hardest part yeah. but after that point i right. knew I want to move here. Mm -hmm. And so it was just a matter of uh, going back to Idaho and kind of talking it out with the family. And because again, it's a massive move to undertake. Right. And so we eventually came to the decision, you know what, with full support from, from We knew when we came back that we wanted to go down to Nashville. Yeah, that, that we were going to go. Yeah. So, Well, speaking of Nashville, what has coming to and being around that Nashville scene, uh, what does that ta taught you as, as a family and as a band? What have, you, what have you learned so far from that experience? 
Oh, wow. Um, that Nashville is all about the local musicians, really. When people think of Nashville, they think of Taylor Swift and um, yeah. the top 0.5% <laughs> who are very well known globally. Right. Um, and they are important. Um, but uh, for me, it was, wow, what really makes Nashville tick are the thousands of um, local musicians who are from Nashville themselves or have come from different parts of the country. Yeah. And, and it's just this a seething, vibrant, exciting hub of musicians all in one place. From all over the world, yeah. the country, we've, uh, we've learned a lot about just songwriting in general and you spend a lot of time around songwriters to pick up tips and tricks and you know um, this is a country hub as well so we've learned a lot about country songwriting and what goes into it and I've picked up a lot of uh, a lot of things that have helped refine me as a, as a writer as a songwriter and pretty much uh, the whole band as well so that kind of segues into the next question I actually had was right. what have you learned since you've been here that you wished you'd known before you came here. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? <laughs> oh, and what, wow. what, what would you have done differently, if anything? Yeah. You wanna? Wanna tackle no? that? Um, what, <laughs> Let me um, think about that. Oh, that uh, you basically aren't going to make any money at first. Uh, that is a big one. Uh, we had been told that by people, but I don't think I quite understood. I mean, they tell you that. Well, I've left Nashville because they don't pay me anything. Uh, you start getting paid um, when basically uh, you have got thousands of followers and um, the bigger venues are, you know, giving you yeah, their the, shows. The one thing that I guess we um, kind of wished we'd come prepared with the knowledge is uh, you really have to build up uh, certain things like a... Uh, a fan base in order to uh, progress because there are a lot of uh, writers rounds and a lot of open mics that you can play but you really have to spend a lot of time um, building up a fan base and right. networking and reaching out and I guess that's the same anywhere else but definitely here because of the sheer volume of people doing the same thing that you are doing and with the same basic goals you really have to, to put in the work and do it uh, as a daily thing. So, yeah. I suspect that tends to be a weak part, a weak spot for many. Many creatives, acts, yes. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the building up the fan base and network. Yeah, yeah. I know I was terrible at it for a long time, even in Boise, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I, I wouldn't say I'm all that good at it now. Right. Um, so, another question about Nashville. Uh, expectations that you had coming here and how has the reality sort of compared with the expectations or, or maybe the hopes if, if that works better oh wow um, I feel like I've been hogging the spotlight here for did a while did you have any expectations when you came down here or? Mm, I didn't know what to expect it was just a faith thing for me coming mm -hmm. here you have, uh, you've been built up in um, Idaho, um, being told the right kind of things and mm -hmm. had the right kind of critique. And uh, so you know your weaknesses and your strengths. Yeah. And, um, but you really need to um, be confident yeah. about your own music. I also wanted to add to that last point. Yeah. Um, one thing I wish we'd have known is that despite 
uh, any level of success we'd had back in the, the local scene in Idaho, you are starting from scratch. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You are basically starting from the ground that, level that again. That thought occurred to me as well. Yeah, you're, yeah. You, you, you maybe climbed a, a new location, you're basically yeah. back in yeah. the ground yeah. floor. Yeah. yeah, you may have a massive social media footprint uh, and, and a massive fan base back where you came from, but it is a big gamble coming here and there is a level of risk involved because you got to build that up again and be prepared to do so so and it's also we were told actually um i think people may have heard of rob mattson a man we respect um, very highly he was the sound engineer yep. at county q in east nashville and um he's gone back home to idaho now he's retired and spent a really uh, had a really good career down here but we met him on our scouting trip and um great guy he he came to uh one of the shows that we were put in pretty early on and he and uh, referring to the people in our corner he said it's very hard to survive without somebody from nashville in your corner um you so i don't know if that answers I think it's, if, if, it did, if it didn't, it came pretty darn close. Yeah, so. right. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, at this, at this point, I think maybe we will hear another song. So, one of you can tell us about uh, what we're going to hear. Yeah, well, I'm the song intro guy. Uh, this next one's going to be called Far Side of the River. And uh, what we're doing basically is giving all you guys listening to uh, Measured Voices, the Credenda episode, we're giving y'all a teaser of the EP. So uh, Far Side of the River is track two. Okay. We'll uh, listen to Far Side of the River. Sorry. 
we, we're coming out of uh, the second song on the, on the EP, and as when this goes online, this will be uh, posted just probably roughly a week before the EP is available to the, the masses. Mm -hmm. uh, talk about that experience and what that was like recording the EP. What was that like for you? Oh, wow. Um... We're looking at each other. Who wants to go first? Well, I, mean, yeah. I remember. I remember that when you were still in Idaho, you yeah. had, you had started a campaign mm -hmm. with with an eye toward doing right. something. We had yes, and um, that's a story in itself too. Um, to all those yeah. that donated to that 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 campaign on GoFundMe, uh, every cent was used to pour into the project that you will be hearing very soon. Um, and we're very grateful for that, but it's it, the experience overall. Wow, um, this was our first full-length studio experience. We'd had little, you know, we'd recorded a song or two in the studio before, but this was our first time doing an entire project. Mm -hmm. So um, it was amazing. We got to work with a guy who's uh, a professor at Vanderbilt University, uh, who does. Uh, sound engineering on the side and he's extremely extremely gifted at just making you feel relaxed he's he's awesome yeah, his guy. business is called johnny mac studio yeah. in nashville and and that's what he's going to be doing full-time soon mm -hmm. but uh, kim mclean um who saw us on our scouting trip and people should look up her bio on Wikipedia or anywhere online. Um, she's the most amazing person. Um, she saw us and really, really loved our music from the beginning and wanted to get behind it. And so when we came to do the EP, uh, we were only uh, able to raise a certain amount, which is peanuts for Nashville. Um, but she, it, usually it's 8,000 up, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, she said she would do it, and it's definitely one of her sweet spots. And she scouted around um, Nashville for the best environment for us. She knew us, and she wanted um, for a vocal group the best studio with the best mics. And so we valued that. Um, and, uh, and then the experience with her producing uh, was phenomenal. She is extremely good. Very. About, about how long start to finish? Roughly for the project. Oh. Recording, we, we got this whole thing done in about two days. We oh, did wow. uh, mm -hmm. music one day and then laid down the vocals the next. So, I mean, needless to say, we were there for... It's a long day, that first... A long first day, yeah. but it, yeah. And then how long to mix, mix the final product? Or? Not that long at all. It was like a week or two, probably. Uh, maybe a little bit longer. It's... Um, it's a bit of a blur to me, but I think it's a bit it can't have been longer than half a month. I mean, that's basically the... Possibly. I, I think it probably went on a little bit more. Um, yeah. But, but time, time flies when you're having fun. Yes, yeah, it was about four weeks <laughs> yeah. at the most. We, 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 uh, overall, it was uh, relatively short for what most projects, how long most projects take. So It takes a long while, uh, and then it sits uh, because uh, everything takes funding. You can't yeah. move, you can't do any marketing, you can't get it on CD Baby without money, you know. So most people um, with a zero budget, <laughs> um, that's our joke around here, um, you uh, have to wait till you build up again and, um, and you somehow get it done. And that, and that seems to be common too with, with the independent artists. Yeah, you, uh -huh. you, yeah. You want to go back in, but you got to yeah. build up that 
yeah. that mm -hmm. nest egg, as it were. Okay, I'm going to shift from all of that, from the business side to the creative side, when mm -hmm. we get into the songwriting process. And mm -hmm. now I know, Barb, you write, mm -hmm. and you've written a long time. Daniel, you're doing some writing, and yep. I want to get both of uh, Anna, are you starting to do any writing, or? I contribute okay. to the whole thing, yeah. But. Well, let's talk about how that songwriting process goes. How, if, if there is there any kind of a, a normal? I don't know. Maybe that's with music. Maybe that's not really the right word. What's the from. method to the madness? It's, that's exactly the question. Um, well, usually uh, I, I have this. This what I tell most people is that we we do co-write with each other, but it's not always in the way. You know how Lennon and McCartney used to do it, where one guy would write the bulk of a song yeah. and then bring it to the other mm -hmm. and then they would kind of either re refine it, modify it, and then... Or take a match to it. <laughs> yeah, yes. you know. Really? And, and so <laughs> our, ours is a, is a sort of a similar process where um, mom will write uh, the bulk of a song and then she'll bring it to me and be like, you know, can you add anything to this or, you know, whether it's composition or lyrics. I'll say, what do you think of it usually? You know? Yeah, yeah. And and then uh, sometimes I'll be able to, sometimes I won't. And uh, we actually just, she just wrote one where I was able to help out a little bit. I mean, sometimes I'll have, you know, it'll just hit me and I'll be like, oh, I can add this to it. And, and it, it actually works, you know. Do, do you ever have a, a song that you bring it to the rest of the group and, right. and you think, you know, that it's got some potential and then it's... No. They just tear it apart. No, it's just not going to work. <laughs> I mean, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't work for anybody else. <laughs> um, and not as of yet, uh, <laughs> but I, I usually, we've if we haven't arrived at that conclusion already, that it's not very good, um, they, you know, They'll tell, they'll tell me or if yeah. Anna brings something. Anna actually has her own material as well that is very, um, very unique. unique. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we, we've told her before that, you know, it doesn't need a whole lot of addition. Maybe some light accompaniment, uh -huh. you know, little guitar, a little piano. But it, but it hasn't been, oh, that's terrible. Don't let us hear that again, you know. Um, she's an amazing she's songwriter. She's an amazing writer. An amazing, yeah. unique songwriter. We can't wait for her to do her, get the opportunity to do um, her own songs. Right. Um, at the moment, uh, the uh, thought is concentrate on the... Um, songs that showcase our harmonies the best yeah. at the moment but um anna uh i know she's very very good because when she first played one in front of us my competitive juices started going and i thought <laughs> whoa it's, yeah it's different yeah but it's, it's just very different and exciting and we've learned to accept um for instance, Daniel's a pop writer. He, he writes songs that are more in the pop genre, mm -hmm. and yeah. he's perfect with his voice for that. And so, I mean, in, yeah. in general, though, it's uh, we've never really sat down and completely, you know, had a had a give and take process with co-writing, a typical co-write. But um, I think one of the songs on the EP, "Lay My Treasure Down," it, it was half a song. Mom had written I, I half a song with yeah. um, a different tune altogether from the end product. And I uh, basically took, she gave it to me to see what I could do with it. And I changed the tune, I changed the meter, and I added a 
closer, sort of like a, an mm-hmm. outro mm-hmm. portion. And uh, yeah, so again, it's it's like one person will have the bulk of a song, they'll bring it to the rest of the band, and we'll kind of finish it from there. Well, there'll be one of mine, I'm not happy about something, and um, I'll play it for Daniel, I'll read it out, and, um, and then he'll give me ideas, and maybe what about this word or that word, and I'll try them and I'll put them in, and you describe my process, you've described it probably. <laughs> well, uh, when, when mom asks you, uh, do you want to help me write a song? It's not literally, do you want to help me write a song? It's, can you listen to this? And I'm going to use you as a sounding board. <laughs> <laughs> we say that we, we're, uh, you know, we're, we're very respectful of each other's methods, but that's basically the way, the way you work. You have a definite vision well, for it shows the way me you what I had. It, yeah, it shows yeah. me what I had in the first place was uh, probably right. She needs to hear alternative ideas yes. to reaffirm that she likes what she's coming out with, you know. Okay, Anna, I'm going to ask you then, as, as the, mm-hmm. the quiet one, <laughs> um, how, how do you, uh, when a song comes out, how, how do you, uh, I don't know how to, how to put this, how, how, do you get, how do you get in a word in it twice to, to, give, it, get, to give your input? How do I? Get, get a word in, because uh, you know, Daniel's very, oh. very uh, vocal. vocal. <laughs> Barb's pretty vocal. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I talk about well, they they write their material and I, I they share it of course with everyone and me and I uh, how do I contribute I I'll want to change a phrase you know maybe this could sound better you know or how the music goes I'll want to maybe change a chord you know so it's arrangement and you're you're the main uh, the main harmony. Mm-hmm. Do you do you uh, when they play? I mean, how how do you work out? The, do you hear the harmonies, or do those get worked out? And or does it just come to it's you? Kind of, it comes to me. Yeah, it's kind of an experimental process. Okay. So, yeah, just yeah. Okay. And you have a um, she has a Nora Jones type voice, so a bit jazzy. She can do all the uh, big band and. Um, mm-hmm sort of jazz style singing. Um, yeah, she definitely does. Too. So, and her voice has got vibrato in, so for the straight sound that we're singing at the moment, um, you that's different from singing the big band stuff, isn't it? And yeah. Yes. With your phenomenal timing I've, and stuff. I've adapted to, you know, our sound, you know, it was... A little, little funny mini story that uh, I'd, I'd like to tell. We, we, uh, mom's latest song that she just finished writing uh, and she brought to us so we could maybe shape it up a bit. Um, we, we had come to a part where we thought a bridge should go and I was thinking to myself, I can't think of any, of any lyrics at the moment. Uh, let's do a vocal part because we'll do that a lot. We'll, we'll do vocal parts that uh, show off the, the harmony because we're a harmony group. And I was thinking to myself, okay, we do ooze all the time. We got to come up with a different phonetic sound so okay what do we what do we do here and i was thinking do we do na-na's or doo-doo's or like 
ba da da das and, and oh, she's thinking, okay. like, let's do ba da da das and I'm, I'm thinking, okay, that'll work. But she'll, she'll occasionally redirect me if, I, if, she, if she doesn't like what I'm doing vocally or, so you know, so. the arrangement. Arrangement, she's very good at shaping a song and arranging it, so, like, yeah. Those, those vocalizations are a challenge for me sometimes. They are, yes. we, we will have instrumental breaks and we're not, neither of us are lead right. type instrumentalists. It's got that so awkward like, well, what do I break do in do? the middle. <laughs> what, do I, what do I do to help fill the space? Uh, Practice those cool waltz yeah. poses. You, know? you just gotta kind of learn this kind of a routine up on stage that you move around. And... <laughs> but it sounds like it sounds like the second uh, could be the credenda, the big band experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got we got a little bit of that experience with uh, Pamela Demarsh um, and her swing band when they played the Sapphire Room. They have this this show called Swing Is the Thing every November, and she was kind enough to invite us up on stage yeah. for a couple numbers with the band. I was so intimidated. Oh, it was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, but at first it was fun. They were great guys, but I had never played with a big band before, so I'm like, this is new. <laughs> now, uh, I was going to ask another question of the songwriting, and, and you've kind of answered the question I was actually going to ask Anna about whether she was doing songwriting, uh, and that she's doing some. But um, when you guys early on, you were, if not the sole songwriter, the very primary songwriter, and and Daniel has started doing more writing. Uh, was that conscious to to have Daniel start doing more writing, or did that just sort of evolve? Uh, that kind of. And that just started happening with me, where and it goes back to when we uh, started going to the ISA, uh, spending time around songwriters. For me, it, it helps uh, get my competitive juices going, helps me creatively, and so I just, I, I had zero belief in my ability to write before that. And still to this day, I still, I consider myself more of an arranger than a lyricist. Uh, but over time, it's just uh, my confidence has grown, and I've got—I uh, I would say I've, I've got better and better at it. So I'm more comfortable with the whole process. Okay. I, I have one more question, and it might be the hardest one of all. Credenda mm -hmm. is a band, a mother, and children, mm -hmm. and it, at some point, presumably. We'll get to a point where you might have to hand the reins over. <laughs> uh, I guess. I, I mean, or maybe not. She gets is, stronger is, with each passing year. It's Is that anything at all that you've, you've uh, thought about or talked about, or is how how might you know? Well, when, if and when that time comes. <laughs> obviously. We talk um, about it every day. No, yeah. <laughs> um, no basically, she, uh, I'll, I'll answer for her because she, she usually answers this. Uh, she has loved this whole, this whole process as much as we have. And it's, it's something that you Well, you let just me give an it. example. Yeah, go, go uh, when it. we were in Idaho, um, I um, discovered a, a family band called the Isaacs. Okay. They are extremely popular down here. Um, they're an A-listed um, country genre, uh, gospel genre band. And their mother, um, they started as a family. Their mother is uh, still singing with them. She's um, looking great. She um, is in her 70s now. Uh, I, I think the question is, um, or 
to answer your question, as long as a person is healthy, whether they are an uh, individual performer or a family performer, you just uh, keep going as long as you have the health. Uh, there, there were lots of older musicians in Idaho that we really admired and they were still coming out and still are coming out with um, very valuable work, yeah. you know, and so it's, it's probably as health permitting, you know, as you get older, obviously you're going to get more chronic things possibly and... Um, it's one of those questions yeah. that kind of comes up because uh, yeah. in, a, in a lot of the music industry, right. the focus is... Mm-hmm. Youth, youth, youth. That's what's yes, going to sell. Right. Yes. Rightly, yeah. or wrong, yeah. rightly or wrongly. We're, we're trying to uh, give people an alternative to that where it, it doesn't matter what stage of life you are in. Uh, if you are wired to be a creative, whether that's visual arts, music, filmmaking, it doesn't matter. I say go for it. I mean, because there's no reason why you shouldn't, health permitting. There's really no reason why you shouldn't. As an older songwriter myself, I don't want to think about the day I can't do it anymore. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's something that you can't imagine not being part of your life and not doing. So I I honestly say that there really is no expiration date on that at all. Exactly. We're just trying to, uh, if we can change the way people think about um, um, are they too young to perform or are they too old to perform you know yeah. uh, if somebody has the talent um, or the ability very young or they're past 60 mm-hmm. you know it doesn't really matter it's the quality of the work um, of course um, because we're uh, marketed as a family uh, then it were a unit and the family aspect is really uh, integral to our success uh, it's because it's become a, band, a part of our yeah. brand and, and probably to your sound as well. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, I I always used to wonder growing up about the Carpenters. Um, there'd be Karen Carpenter singing, and all the focus was on her. And she had a brother, and he, he just seemed to sit there. You always had his, he was, but he was always placed very close to her. And I noticed that as a young person growing up, and in my mind, oh, he's just playing the piano, you know. I mean, it's all about her, but it wasn't. Yeah, if he, you, was, he was the brains behind the exactly, operation. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. A lot of people don't understand; they just see the performance, and and um, it's not uh, always what you think. You know, you. I, I remember Steve Eaton talking about his band, and uh, they removed one person out of it to put a more professional uh, person on the record. You know, that the studio thought was better, and uh, the band just started. That was the right. one piece of glue, probably that nobody can really see. You know. I, I think we've, we've managed to work Steve in quite a bit. I might have to hit him up for a commission. <laughs> yeah, he's had an important um, Yeah, he's a very special guy. a lot of people. He's yeah. a very special guy mm-hmm. to us, and he gave us, um, when we started going to the ISA and we met him, uh, he, he was very integral in giving us self-belief, and he, he said, uh, he and Terry Miller both said, um, you got to walk on stage, you got to act as if you are the only one in the room who can do what you do and that's true for everyone you are the only person in that room that does what you do and that was very very um helpful for me because i'm not the kind of i'm more on the introverted side i actually don't prefer being on stage in front of large crowds of people and that self-belief has given me a lot of confidence and has helped me come out of myself and mm-hmm. uh, so yeah that's why we mentioned them repeatedly because they've been very helpful to us very integral 
So if the so if the EP is successful, fingers crossed, you may have to get over that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we hear that voices in our head all the time, but I do want to give a shout out to Linda Johnson and Jack Lloyd Gish and. Uh, we mentioned Terry Miller. Oh, there are so many people. Yeah. I mean, but those um, in particular. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll especially yeah. thank Steve, and I want to thank the three of you. And I think we'll close with one more song, either from the EP or whatever you'd like to do. I think we're going to do uh, one last song from the EP, and that would be Sunrise. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we'll close with Sunrise. Thank you very much.
My thanks to Anna, Barb, and Daniel from Credenda. You'll find links to their social media pages on our blog at measured-voices.blogspot.com. Be sure to browse over to wfmcjams.com on February 27th for the live broadcast of Credenda's EP release party. In two weeks, episode 27 features 15-year-old guitarist extraordinaire Noble Holt. Join us then. I'm Walt Huntsman, and this is Measured Voices.